Today, I'm welcoming Hillary Weiss. She's a creative director, positioning coach, and founder of Statement Peace Studio. And I've been working with Hillary too for the past few months on my rebrand positioning. And I leave every session with her full of fire, possibility, and a whole heck of a lot more clarity. So this episode is for you if you are so tired of following the webinar launch model, because Hillary is going to share a different way to launch. And maybe you also really want to have more fun in your launches in general, because we can have like super serious goals for money, for numbers and all that. We don't need to burn out or hate the process to get there. You are listening to the Launch Playbook Podcast, the weekly podcast for service-based business owners to discover the starts, stops, and tools of transformation that go into launching their online offers. I'm your host, Sarah Vartanian, and if you want to launch your ideas into the world faster with more success and less burnout, well, friend, consider this show your secret playbook to get you there. I'm going to get Hillary to tell us a little bit about her business and how she got to where she is. Thank you for that amazing intro. I'm so honored to be a part and just be interviewed by you and to be here on this amazing podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So I got my start in the business in 2011. So we're coming up around 10, year 10, which is amazing. And I'm thrilled. But for about nine of those 10 years, I was a copywriter and I had a blast doing it. It was incredible. I was so honored to work with such amazing brands. I was working in the creative and coaching space. I was working with just like such awesome business owners. And I was like, I can't believe this is my life and business. But at some point I looked around and realized that I was a big part of what I was doing was not just the copy, but also the strategy strategy portion. It was creative direction. It was brand strategy. It was positioning. And I was helping people update their offers as we went and refine their whole approach to business just accidentally, just through the conversations we were having. Because you, you can't really do, as you know, write copy without or do launches without getting in, getting your hands dirty on the internal engine of the business. So it was just a real... It was such something so much fun that I enjoyed. So I started looking around and I was like, ooh, maybe I want to move out of the copywriting space and start doing more of this on purpose. So that's the creative direction, the brand strategy. I was did messaging strategy for a while. And then finally positioning coaching, which I've been doing for the past coming up on a year and a half now, which has been cool. So power position is the experience. And I love Sarah is an amazing client and we're having the best time. But what brings me the most joy about what I do is that I essentially kind of roll up my sleeves with creative business owners who are really great at what they do, who are making solid money, but there's just one thing missing. They're not in control of their own business and brand. There's a ton of client work coming in, but they're not showing up for themselves. They're not creating for themselves. They are thinking about maybe doing a course one day, but it hasn't happened. They want to have a following on Instagram or a following on their blog. It hasn't happened. They want to charge more and create premium prices. It hasn't happened because it's really hard when you're in your business every single day to see the forest for the trees. The metaphor I used the other day, which I will use here, was do you remember those big boxy televisions from the 90s where you had like the yes. um, round screen and every time you flipped it on, like your brain short circuited and you heard this like wee and the hair on your arms stood up. Yeah. So it's like the static electricity. And so when I was a kid, I was like fascinated by what would happen if I like put my face on the screen (laughs) because I just couldn't believe it, that it was like all these little green and pink and yellow and like red 
blue dots making these pictures. But I think about that as a metaphor for business because when you're in your business every day, your your face is smushed up against the screen. So all you can see are the little green, pink, yellow, blue, red dots. So part of what I do is rolling up my sleeves and really helping clients zoom out and see what is your specialty? What do you do so well? What is the framework? What is the how behind how you do it? What's the big idea that's governing everything that you're creating? Because there's always one. You know, there's that consistent theme. Everyone thinks they're a special snowflake business owner and it can't possibly be true. But I have a 100% success rate finding that shit. So suck on that, doubters. But no, don't, God, watch me totally like bungle a client experience now. Excuse me, let me not jinx myself. But that is the joy of what I do in my positioning coaching and the creative direction work that I do. It's really getting down into the core to create a spinal cord for the business to have that clear specialty, that clear framework, that clear big idea. So then everything else, the packages, the content, the visibility strategies, the topics you love talking about, all that comes from that. Because when you're clear in your positioning, you're much more likely to show up because you know what you're going to talk about that day. You've got something exciting to bring to the table and you've got these categories based on your framework that you love discussing and your approach is built into everything that you do. So you feel confident on sales calls, charging top dollar, all of these fabulous things. So that's what I do. And it's my joy. And at the moment, I would qualify it as my life's work. I love all of that. And I want to say, like, before we dive into what we're actually going to talk about, too, is that working with Hillary just the past, I think it's just been since January, Mm -hmm. already, like, we're working on my framework, we're going through it, and it's getting more and more clear every single time. But already, my proposals have gotten tighter, because I know what I'm saying. I actually hired someone to help me do some social media copy for myself, and I had viewpoints to share. Yes! Yes, you do! I told you! (laughs) They are there, and now they're... And I've done a couple um, mastermind presentations for people, and again, like, I can see the work that we're doing the framework and certain pieces like coming out and it's so much easier to write that presentation. Awesome. So I'm going to tell you, I am someone who usually takes a week. I could take longer to do a presentation. I find them like really stressful, but I did that thing like the night before. Because yes. ah, it's grounded in what you're already doing. And because your face is no longer smooshed up against the screen, you get back up and be like, oh, it's an episode of Friends. Like, how about that? So it's yeah. easier to see because you have someone, it's my, my mentor talks about this. Sarah Ashman is like branding and, and positioning and stuff being like a mirror. So that's what mm-hmm. I like in it too as well, where it's like, oh, you're, you've got all the pieces. I'm just here to reflect it back at you so you can see it. Because when you can identify it all of a sudden, you're like, oh my God, I'm so smart. And I have so many amazing insights. So it becomes it becomes less of a panic when you're asked to present something or talk about something because you're like, yep. And boy, will y'all be blessed to hear what I have to say about this on this day. Yeah. So on that note, I met, saw Hillary like a year and a half ago at an event and we could still travel. Remember (laughs) that? And so over that time, like I'd really want to work with her. So I was watching her creeping, following all her stuff, consuming it all. And I bought your, I think your light lightning course. But what I I did was I watched you promote your offers a lot via social media on Instagram. What I, well, I definitely saw that you had all these like important pieces in launching. So like, you did your FAQs, I think, while putting on makeup. But so you're definitely not following like any typical launch plan. Or as one of your emails I just read the other day said as like a serious, smart and fancy person. <laughs> but you're still doing all the, the important things that we need to do. Yeah. So tell me, how do you decide what you'll do to launch? That's such a good question. And I think that one thing I will share with you is when I'm launching and when I'm showing up to sell. So power position, we sell quarterly every three months. How do you find a new way to talk about something? How do you keep that fresh? How do you keep the excitement for the offer? 
blessedly, it's really easy for me to be excited about power position because I love it. Like it's my bread, my butter, it's my rock and my roll. This is what I love to do. So it's never a chore for me to talk about what I'm excited about and what I enjoy about it. But what's my goal is to keep it fresh and to keep it entertaining. And one of the biggest comments I've ever gotten was actually one of my clients at the start of the most recent launch hit me up on Instagram. She was like, oh, she saw like the pre-sell notification, like where it's like, something's coming, guys. Guess what opens tomorrow? And she was like, oh, it's Power Position TV. Power Position Launch TV. This is my favorite. I can't wait to binge. And I was like, oh my God, people are like enjoying my sales process. And that's, that's what I want to create. So I think that I think about, I want my launches to be edutainment. Like I want, even if you're not a fit, I want for, I want you to be able to watch it and get something from it. The reference I will make for this and my source of inspiration. So Jenna Marbles, super funny YouTuber, hilarious lady. And I ran an interview with her and people were like, how do you figure out how to be funny? How do you like come up with your humor ideas? Is there a formula? And she was like, I just try to make myself laugh. And I was like, that you can do that. That's a strategy. So when I think about launching and how I come at it, I'm like, okay, what would I, what would be interesting for me? Like, what do I think would be funny? And personally, I'm a big multitasker. So the, what you referenced with me putting on makeup and doing my launch, that was an idea I'd had for a while. Cause I was like, okay, so I can multitask. Perfect. This is going to be fine. But it actually happened because I was in the middle of launching and I had an anniversary dinner with my husband. So I was like, okay, we have, an, we have 60 minutes on the clock. I have to get both of these things done. Like it's on, it's on. And I always wanted to do like makeup tutorials because I love makeup and I love glamour. Um, and so I just did a makeup tutorial while talking about power position. And what that I got, like my DMs exploded. People were like, either like, oh my God, this is just amazing. Like I loved watching you put on makeup and I didn't hate you having the sales conversation because you were able, like clearly you know your stuff and it was just so entertaining. So people were watching all the way through to watch me put on my makeup, but were also hearing the sales pitch in the process. But what I was talking about was I was just riffing on like being multi-passionate. I had a topic that I thought would be really interesting. So I just hit record and started putting on my makeup and talking it through. And then at the end, of course, there was the pitch to power position. And I think what that taught me was when every launch, we try to find a fresh angle. Every launch, there's like a core message, like right around. I think the first time I launched was just like, get your brain in order, like get these pieces together because it's how you're going to grow. The second launch was right after like the summer after COVID, like COVID's peak. So at that point, it was like, so you've looked around after being trapped in your house for three months and be like, wow, I wish I had taken action on all the things that I could have, but it was easier to take action on those things. But the best time is now. And then another, another launch was, so you're multi-passionate and you feel like your brain's a mess. Your brain is not a mess. What you need to do is sit down and actually pull out all the pieces together. So you'll see those core messages threaded through every single launch. And if you look closely, uh, you can see what the message was because we talk about it and we touch on it throughout the copy. But what's funny is that we actually repurpose all of our evals and all of our posts in some way every single launch. So we're never creating from scratch, but the stories change, the angle changes slightly, and that's part of how we do it. And for me, how I come at the launch conversation is, yes, the most important thing is that you have the key elements in place. You know, you want to be talking about the offer. You want to be talking about who's for. You want to be talking about like addressing FAQs and objections, like all this is stuff that you just have to do. But for me, I'm always like, okay, how do I do this in a way that feels fresh, fun and entertaining? Because the way most people do it is they're on Instagram stories and they're like, hello, please buy my stuff because here is what it is. And it is a great offer. And for a limited time, you can get this. 
But what people are really, what engages people and what grabs people isn't necessarily hearing you recite facts and features or even benefits. They want to see the experience of you. You talk about this stuff. So how I always think about it is I'm like, what am I most excited to talk about today? So if I'm thinking about objections. What's something that I'm like, I'm going to get y'all with that objection. That objection is nonsense. What's something that fires me up in that angle? And if when I'm telling client stories, it's not just that great results. Hooray. Can I tell y'all a wild story about one of my clients? Like, and that, that sort of changes the tone of the conversation so that it's not just about information and about getting the offer in front of people. It's about creating a, an enjoyable experience just by focusing on what I'm fired up about that day and what I think is going to be most interesting and what I would like to see. Like, what's going to make me laugh? What would make me buy? What would engage me? Because my, I'm a lot like my clients and I have a lovely client in front of me right now doing a glorious interview. So when I think about my target, like y'all are too smart for it to be effective for me to be like, yes, hello. So here are all the features and the benefits and here's how this works. Like you want to be a big surprise and delighted. Like you want to see somebody really feeling and vibing on the offer because my excitement and love for it inspires the same. And inspires that confidence. And every time you show up to launch, you're not just uh, selling one product. You're creating a tornado of visibility for clients past, present, future. So every time I come, I rock up to do this, I want to make sure I'm hitting all my notes and that I am creating that sort of sticky information that people remember, oh, Hillary was doing her makeup. And what was that offer? Oh, power position. By the way, immediately after that, the next day, it worked so well. I did a video talking about client stories while doing my skincare. So highly recommend multitasking. But that is the very long monologue answer. I love I love it so much. And there's I feel, something I want to dig into, too, that stood out, was that I think so many people in launches and that so much of the, that, again, a very serious, like, here yeah. is my, here's, like, the final. And, and, and I believe, like, having a final or things that you want to maybe cover, let's say, like yeah. you want to, you want to go from here to here and the reason, but it's all like very checklist to do mm-hmm. heavy and just like a lot of weight yeah. to it. And we, there's more emphasis on that after experience I find for the customer satisfaction or the client journey afterwards to make them go through it and be excited and actually follow through. But like that caring about the customer experience, or like our, our viewers or people's experience yeah. during the is so important. Yeah. It's because it's not just about our, yeah, yeah like we want to hit those numbers and goals, yeah. but we have want people to be excited to work with us and yeah. emails help for yeah. people who want to read them. No like doubt. I like stories, but then there's still like the other aspect of like, how do we, like, how do we promote it without it being really like low energy or boring or the yeah. same things all the time? Yeah. I think, What's interesting is that I do want to stress for people too, is that when you're, you're doing like your first launch or you're selling something yeah. for the first time, there's always that awkwardness. You know, you're getting your sea legs, you're figuring out what feels good and you're following the rules because the rules are good and the rules tend to work. But I think that as you, and that's how I did power position for a while where I was like, okay, we got to check all these boxes, make sure all the stuff happens. All right, we got it. But what I think is so was so interesting and where launching can get really cool and dare I say pleasurable while it is an energy suck is in that experience of, okay, how can I freestyle on this? Like, I know that this work, people responded really well to, to this conversation around objections. People responded really well to the way I talked about, like I told a client story, for example. So I think that really figuring out, like paying close attention to what works and what people respond to uh, is so, so important. And also the most annoying thing about it is that people are going to respond to the stuff where you're like, this is kind of funny. I don't know. I'm really tired. I'm just going to throw that out there and we'll see what happens. And I was like, see. it's just some moments yeah. where you're starting to freestyle and experiment and take people along for the ride with you. And I think that 
one of the toughest pieces of the launch experience is imposter syndrome, right? So you're like, you put the, you send that first email out there and then you just clench your butthole and you're like, boy, I hope someone buys or else I'm going to be real sad, which is difficult. Nobody wants to be, no one wants to put something out there and not have it sell, but it's not a death sentence. You know, it's data. So it's like, is it the product market fit? Is it this? Is it that? But what I always remind myself and, and what I try to teach my, my students and what I try to remind myself is that the opposite of imposter syndrome isn't strategy or, co- or even confidence. You, know, you don't fix imposter syndrome that way. You don't recover from it. You don't move through it that way. I have this theory that the opposite of imposter syndrome is actually love. So if you focus on what do you love so much about the offer? What are you so excited to bring to the table? You had a client who had a great experience. What do you love about that story? Especially as, as writers, coming at it from that angle can change the whole experience about how you present the sales conversation because you're not just checking boxes and thinking what will people find the most valuable if you're thinking about it from that love perspective the energy totally changes and all of a sudden you're just like yes of course i want to write this email because i'm so excited to share this thing with people all right here we go that's amazing i like that perspective a lot how i think that's true like going back to that first launch like we're all gonna like a lot of times we're gonna follow that sort of formula because we know it works but how can we start how could someone start maybe infusing fun like in that like right from that first launch yes i think the first thing is to tell fun stories you know i'm sure you do this with your clients too where like you always want to tell where everyone goes the rags to riches route everyone's like i was suffering and now i'm not because i bought this email course or whatever but i find and this is something that i learned from an email strategist like years ago it was just like totally in passing in the copywriter club but i, I really took it to heart and she is, her name is Sue Rice. And she's like a really well-known email copywriter and strategist. And she said the stories that do best in a launch context are seemingly totally unrelated, like funny or interesting stories that you can then tie in. Stuff mm-hmm. that's tied into the emotional experience. Stuff that's tied into like a personal story. My first email in this latest sequence for my group coaching, The Thunder Collective, is about that time my mom made me, I was 15 years old. And I had my learner's permit and it was after a crazy hurricane season in Florida and like down power lines everywhere, just madness. My mom was like, here are the keys. We're going to Costco. (laughs) And I was like, why are you trying to kill me? Because I've been so scared to drive because it's, you know, you get your learner's permit and you tell all your friends and you show it off. And then I realized I was scared to drive because I had read the handbook. I had like checked all the, I had like passed the test. Yay. Then it actually came time to put rubber to the road with all of the other grown-ups on the road, with my mom teaching me in, in the passenger seat or not, I was like, ooh, no, probably not. Mm, I'll wait. Uh, no, maybe another time. And I, I drew that parallel between that driving and a hurricane experience to the showing up for your own business because you're like, okay, I did the courses. I read all the handbooks. Here we go. Wait a minute. You mean I have to do this in public with other adults? What? Um, people who can see me? Like, what if I hit something? So I think that's one way to sort of think about the stories. I have another story coming up in the sequence that's about hot dog eating contests, which is one of my favorite all-American pastimes. So coming at that with those fun stories, coming at it from that angle, like what's something light? You don't always have to tell the rags to riches story. And I think also something that I love to do is have fun, especially if there's a live component, whether it's like Instagram stories or whether it's like doing 
doing a hot seat or a webinar, I'm trying to think what's going to be the most fun. What are you going to enjoy? I think coming from that place, because a lot of business owners forget to ask themselves that question. So it's not just what's going to be the strategically smart thing to do, but it's also got to be like, what am I going to have fun doing? What am I going to have the energy for? Because if you set yourself up a big grocery list of proven strategic strategies and tactics that you can't stand or make you want to crawl in a hole, uh, you know, I think it's it changes the whole experience for you. So I think remembering that you, especially if, if you're running a launch for yourself uh, as a personal brand, that you're the one that has to show up. So what's going to be fun for you? What's going to be enjoyable for you? What stories are going to be fun for you to tell? What's going to be a fun way to have the value conversation? What's a fun client story for you to share? Like coming at it from that place can really change the tone and ultimately transform the entire sales conversation into something much less stressful. Um, and dare I say, on occasion, enjoyable. I like those stories a lot. <laughs> They're so good, right? <laughs> like a young Hillary. Oh yeah. It was terrifying. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. It was the scariest drive to Costco ever. And it was making me think so. So I had like a client launch not too long ago. We're in the midst of COVID and she's like, I don't have any good stories because like I'm just at my house all the time. Yeah. So I literally wrote an email about the squirrels outside of her window <laughs> and how like it's kind of like your brain. Like, they're on autopilot. They, like they're going to survive. They're going to do these things and how your brain does that too. Cause it was tying to this mental work that she was doing. And it was so funny. And we're like, did you really write an email all about squirrels? Yeah, oh, yeah. we did. And it was like so funny and <laughs> responded to it because like you can really do it about anything. So we just like, how are we going to answer this? And, and like, yeah. I think people can relate. They're all like looking at the frame window, like we're not doing it. Exactly. And you can frame it. Like I was going to tell a story about my life, but since I'm inside all the time, you can poke fun at yourself. Like I think it's Mm -hmm. so people take launching so seriously and Mm -hmm. it's a serious, it's serious business to be sure. Um, It's an investment of money time, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that I love that you have the squirrel story too. Cause I think just for listeners too, if this helps, what is handy is thinking about what is the emotional experience you're trying to explain. That's going to help you figure out the story to tell. So for me, it was like reading all the handbooks, but actually doing the thing was terrifying. That story of me driving in a hurricane. The hot dog story is a parallel to how entrepreneurs, when they want to do something, will stuff themselves with information and then be like, oh no, I'm so full. This wasn't actually effective. In the original launch of Thunder, though, it was a story about a python eating a cow. So you can see how those Thanks. kind of parallel, Thanks. right? Thanks. The same thing. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, yeah, we did another one that was like, like you know, like the rom com movies. They all have all like that. Was it like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah. All movies, like the late early early two thousand movies, whatever. We did like the grand gesture email, right? We're like yes. this is the grand gesture email. It was all around like the bonus, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Love it. Absolutely, that's the way to do it, man. It's just such a better way than being like, okay, what's the social proof today? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Launch Playbook Club. It's a place for service-based business owners who want to launch a course, membership, or a group offer and are tired of trying to figure out all on their own. With weekly copy critiques and strategy calls for personal feedback, access to tech roadblock-busting Q&A sessions, monthly training around six-figure launch strategies, and templates for all your launch copy needs, the Launch Playbook Club is your roadmap to accelerate the success of your next launch without burning out. Become a member of the Launch Playbook Club at www.sarahvartanian.com slash launch dash playbook. Okay, so when you were talking about like ways to have fun and different strategies for launching, you mentioned hot seats yes. and 
So what I would like to ask you is how did you first end up teaching hot seats and using it also and then using it for a lunch method? Yeah, absolutely. So I started doing hot seats the way people do most things on the internet, which is by accident. It was at a client event. It was one of my first ever events that I spoke at. I was told the night before that somebody had, I was the copywriter on the team. And I was like, let me talk. Let me do talk. Let me do a talk. And she was like, maybe next time, maybe next time. And then one of the speakers quit. And she was like, do you want to do something? And I was like, yes, I do. I had no idea what I was going to talk about, but I was like, I'll pull something out of my butt. I'm going to make this happen. Because I was writing copy at the time. There's always something to talk about. And I ended up putting together this like super overwrought like speech. There was like likening copy to Newton's three laws of motion. It was just like real in the weeds, which was fine. Because that's that's what you, what you're, where your head goes when you're teaching something for the first time. It's like, I must show these people that I can do a smart it's very important that they know that I do the smart very well. Um, and then you get totally finagged, like totally in the weeds. Anyway, so I was giving my talk and I could tell I was losing people. Or you have, you, you're at a stand-up comic, you're either killing or you're bombing. And I was bombing. So I like made it through the end of my talk and cut myself a little short, like sweating, shaking, all those very sexy things that happen the first time you do a talk. And I, I was like, okay, let me open the floor to Q&A. And this lady held, held up her hand. She was like, actually, I have a question about my homepage. And she was trying to describe it to me. And of course, you can't, it's so hard to describe homepage and copy like verbally. So there was a big screen behind me. I was like, can we throw up your homepage on the big screen? Is that okay? I got it up there in a couple of minutes. And immediately I was able to see what was wrong. I was like, oh, your headline's all jacked up. Like you got to have this, you got to have a call to action here, too much going on down here. And it's in like two or three minutes, we had figured out what the problem was. And I was able to give her next steps. And I was like, oh, that was easy. Who's next? And then everybody's hands, like the room had been glazed over my whole talk. And then everybody's hands shot up. And we ended up doing, like we ended up working through lunch where there was like, we were supposed to break for lunch at the end of my session. And the the lady in charge was like, okay, so we have lunch coming up. Do you guys want to keep working through this session while you eat and everyone was like yep and i was like bring it on i don't gotta eat i'm i'm 25 and i don't eat food but it was so interesting to see that impact where actually looking at somebody's work and giving them not necessarily like solutions for everything but these active next steps where this is what's going wrong i think this is what i think you should do to change it go forth and be great and so at the end of that weekend the client told me that i was bait for new people buying into the program and that she wanted me to do the same coaching style hot seat coaching style for her mastermind every month or so i think it was every month or every other week and so that's how i kind of got into it and this was i want to say six five six years ago six years ago now and so i started doing regular hot seats with her community and then i started doing them in other people's communities and i started doing hot seats around workshops because it's really, it can go beyond copy too. Like now I do hot seats around concept development. I do hot seats around all like offers. I do hot seats around brands, like ideas. And of course, always copy and messaging. But it was so interesting to see how that impact was so effective for people where I could sit down with them and we could do 10 minutes at a time. And it would be so, so helpful because it wasn't more theory. It wasn't more ideas or information. It was, here's what's wrong. Go fix it. And then see what happens, like giving them direct action based on what the problem actually was. And it, it really, I think, aligns with so many entrepreneurs. And I, I call this the, I think the word is experiential learning, but I call them learn by doers. And cause I'm the same way where if you sit me in a lecture, I will not absorb a thing. Like I will get distracted by my phone. I will start daydreaming. My brain just doesn't work that way. But if you let me roll my sleeves up and be like, do it this way, not that way. I'm like, oh, 
got it. And it cements itself in my brain. So I really just fell in love with that style of coaching. I've built entire offers around it since. It's a big part of the backbone of both how I build visibility and sell my services and also stay in touch with my audience. So it's just a real joy. And it's such a great style of learning also how to build that teaching muscle, how to get that strong. Because I think a lot of business owners, like the trajectory in business is like, have clients and then have more clients, have a wait list, charge premium prices, and then you're going to make a course. Like without registering that teaching is a totally different skill from what you're from the copy, the design, the brand strategy, whatever it is that you're doing and you're even coaching, like whatever it is you're doing in the day to day. And nobody really teaches business owners how to teach. I mean, I've never taken Digital Course Academy from Amy Porterfield. It's very likely there's a section on that. But in terms of actually like getting in the field and being able to test those ideas and see how that works and get in in into the sort of weeds with people and solve those problems. It's a really powerful way, not just to get great client results and to connect with people, but also to build that teaching muscle uh, to figure out how you best solve problems. So I just love it. Uh, I've got a whole course around it called Hot Seat Beast, which I believe you possess. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I think can, it, we call it the magic trick skill because it's easy to market. It's a good, a great learning tool, a, a webinar or a workshop. You can pull it out of your back pocket at any time. Yeah, for sure. I, I was part of we see the light lightning at first. Yes. We had hot seats like once a month, and I went to a couple of those, yep. which is then how I ended up buying the hot seat beast because I wanted more and yep. I wanted to see how you did it. Yep. But I think like something too when you were, when you're talking about like that actual feedback that you give people, I think as business owners too, we're like so often alone. And we yeah. just like, we have coaches who will help us come up with things. Or somebody just want like, tell me the friggin' answer and tell me why. Yes. <laughs> I yes. can know now, take friggin' action and then go and like know that for next time. I yes. That's powerful about the hot seeds. Yes. I'm stealing that. Forgot me. <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah. Just tell me the damn answer. Tell me why. <laughs> and then I will yeah. go and do the thing and we'll test it. Yeah. Even when I know that I'm giving people like their copy back. Yeah. And I, and I always send it with, uh, a loom video walking through. Yeah. Like, that's the part that they like. They're like, like, oh, you told me, like, you showed it to me, you gave me some things, and you told me why you did it. So, like, now I, like, I went and fixed this other page because of that. Yeah. It's, it's really that little actionable teaching. It's so interesting. It's so effective. Like, I've had clients in power position who were like, so I sent a client a copy, and they hated it, and they want me to change everything. And I'm like, wait, before you do that, send a loom walkthrough. Show them why they made the decisions that you, why you made the decisions that you made, and then see what they come back with. And the clients, I love it now. I see it. This amazing. Yeah. So I think so much of the, the challenges people have is, is just practical application is difficult. Like, it's really easy to preach somebody to be like, here are the best practices. Now go, go into yeah. the world. But actually, like, rolling your sleeves up and being like, here's what's jacked up. Fix this. Mm-hmm. Not, this is great. This is not so great. Move on. Uh, I know what you're saying here. Please. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I think that even goes back to like you were saying about holding that mirror, getting like clarity, like that, or the TV up yeah. to your screen. Yes. Like your thing. Is that the same thing as the copy, right? We also don't know what's clear because in our head it's so crystal clear. Yeah. But I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. It sounds probably good, but what am I getting? <laughs> yeah. It's hard also, I think, to go through life and business. So as you say, like we're so often alone. And I think mm-hmm. that holds a lot of business owners back. Because they're like, well, I don't want to sell this because I don't know if it's good. Or I wrote this page and I was so proud of it. And I sent it to like my one friend who like is not in my target market at all, but is full of opinions and they hated it. So now I'm sad. You know, there's so, there's so much of that and it keeps people stuck in the mud. So you used uh, a hot seat, I think back in the fall yes. to fill your 
group program. Yes, the so how anything about that, it worked unexpectedly. Anything that went sideways, anything that was like really amazing. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit of that. So what was, so what's interesting, by the way, so we usually, we were going to do it to promote Thunder for this round, but I was a little low energy. So we're actually experimenting with repurposing the last hot seat and making that available in emails for people to peruse and just check it out to see how a hot seat works and what they can do. So it remains to be seen how well that works. But what was great about it last round was, first of all, it was a really awesome way to demonstrate what's possible and how much you can get done in a hot seat. Because the skepticism is always somebody has 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Is that even going to be worth anything? And what's effective about it is that it's, yeah, it's 10, 15 minutes or longer, depending on your style. And how I teach the process is you want people to be able to identify their own problems before they come to you. So they know what the issue is. So you were just sitting there getting super, super focused on what the problem is, what the next steps are so that you can then send them out into the world. And because of that, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes is all you need. It's like being in the doctor's office where you're like, okay, you spend all that time in the doctor's office, like filling out the forms, talking to the nurse, like getting those sort of broad scope things done. But when the doctor comes in 10, 15 minutes, because the problem is diagnosed, he knows what the issue is. He knows like what steps to take to examine you and move on. Should doctors spend more time with patients? You bet. But this is America, at least on my end. So it's, that's the way it is. But you don't need a lot of time and a lot of belly aching and a lot of context. If somebody's coming to you with the problem or with the self-diagnosis or with the problem already uh, isolated. And I think that where a lot of hot seats go wrong is in just basically not having people come prepared and you're just sitting on the call like, all right, so what's what's going on? Tell me your life story. So it creates a really tight container. But what surprised me and delighted me about the hot seat is, first of all, I think hot seats are such a great alternative to webinars because instead of giving people more theory, instead of having to put a bunch of slides together, you are actively solving problems. Like you are actively solving the problems your ideal clients have. It's a chance for you to flex your skills. It's a chance for you to get in front of new eyeballs. It's a chance for you to show people just how much you can do with your knowledge. And that's an incredibly powerful thing. And I think that what particularly delighted me about the last round for the promotion for Thunder is it doesn't just create a core memory for your target clients immediately. It also, because you're going to have people on the hot seat who aren't ready to invest quite yet, which is totally fine. But those people, if you have a chance to touch them and solve their problem, become super fans. So they're following your work. They're really into it. They're excited to be a part of it. And it really is such a powerful way to be of service. And I think that always surprises me is that I always, almost all of my clients have been on one of my hot seats at one point or another, whether it was the lightning rounds I do periodically free and paid, whether it was inside like lightning hot seats because I wanted to test building a community around that, whether it's in Thunder, whether it's in a client mastermind or workshop that I was part of doing these hot seats. It's really an opportunity. Like it's very, it makes you very memorable and it's a really powerful way to forge that connection because you're sitting there and you are being actively being of service, not theoretically, not being of service if somebody can absorb the content of the webinar, but being of service because you're rolling up your sleeves and you're directly looking at their business and giving them next steps. And I think what's, what surprised and delighted me was I had people in there who I had like talked to about Thunder previously and who were like on the fence. Some of them had never invested in coaching in their lives. And so they were able, like what really surprised me. So I really believe in personal follow-up. At least at this stage, hard to scale, but it's important. And so I was doing personal follow-up and getting a chance to follow up also with people on the back end who weren't able to have their questions answered on the live hot seats. And it just felt really good to be able to touch people in that way. What it did was I had these people who were skeptical of the hot seat coaching who were like, yeah, I'll just come check it out. Awesome who were just raving fans of the process and who immediately jumped in, not just as, all right, let's see how this goes, but as people who were like very invested 
and very excited and raring to go, which is exactly how you want your clients to be for any offer. So I think that was particularly delightful. And in, in terms of stuff that didn't work, I don't think there was, oh yeah, we sent out the recording email that should have been sent to like the hundred people that signed up. We actually sent it to the full list, which was cute. And that was, that was very accidental. But aside from that, I was just really delighted by how it creates not just like a really good lead funnel, but it creates just a great experience. It's high energy. Everyone loves it. They're engaged. And also the beauty of the hot seat style is that when you're there with business owners who are kind of in the same place you are and on the same journey, you're going to learn a lot from them period. I mean, that's a really powerful thing to be able to sit down and watch other people's businesses, what's going on there, what they're struggling with, and then being able to apply that information to your own business. That is huge. There's a few things that you said there that I, I really just like when I want to come back to it and repeat it was like one around giving people access to us. Like, cause I think so often we're doing these launches and, or even like scaling things that are group offers or courses. Yeah. There's this whole piece of, we have to remove ourselves from it because it has to, it must be all automated and yeah. automated. Like I am not involved in it, but actually like people really want access. They want connection. So I think one, like giving them that access to it's that, like you said, like showing your shit for real, like you're having to prove it. Well, testimonials are great and those are all like nice, but you're actually showing it in action. So screw the mock-ups on the page. We all like, all those things can work and that's fine, but let's actually show you how it's done. Amazing. And the other piece is that buildup you get when you are like, or I mean, pull back here. Like it's like, I always feel like there's that piece of a launch where we have like our money goal, we have our numbers goal, Mm -hmm. but I think a goal needs to be part of there is even like the echo effect or like the the long-term effect of that, which is what you're saying. Because when we're doing this, we're putting out all this goodwill into the world. We're showing up, we're giving access, we're like giving people actionable things they can take away. And they're like, now they're in your world. Yeah. They'll probably come back and they become, they DM you, they they come into your world again. I think that's what I did with you. Like I bought, I wanted to work with you. It wasn't like the right time for me yet. Still, I couldn't like financially at the time. So like, but I bought light lightning. I came to some of your hot seats, Mm -hmm. loved on all of your stories online and came into the power position. So like, I'm a really good example. Yeah. The the value ladder works, folks. Trust me. Learning learning from you and wanting more of it. Just because they don't buy right there on that that first email, like like, in that first launch, it doesn't mean they won't become eventually a customer. Yeah, exactly. Maybe isn't right now for whatever. Long game, baby. Long game. When we're doing, we want to do a hot seat, let's say, instead of a webinar. Are there a few things that people could do, like a few success tips that you could say? The success of a hot seat is actually determined by everything that happens before the hot seat. So, So you want to set really clear expectations about what problems you can solve and what they can submit. That's number one. That's super, super, duper important. Because I think, again, this is where hot seats go off the rails, where it's like a hot seat and nobody's prepped. Nobody knows what to bring. Nobody wants to raise their hand. It's just difficult. It's a, a challenge, especially if you have more introverts in your sphere. It just looks and feels totally different for them than it would for someone like me. who's like, hi, yes, spotlight, please. But I think the second, so that's the first tip. The second tip is I think that what's really important to keep in mind is that you should, when you're giving someone feedback on anything, start with a compliment. Even if it's a a pile of steaming garbage, be like, oh, it's very warm. Very warm. We like good garbage there. It could save us from freezing in the night. I think that always wanting to start with a compliment, I think in corporate, they call this like the compliment sandwich or something. So you don't necessarily want to be fake about it, but find something that you like about every submission or find something that's interesting because you want to make people feel at ease because they're put in the spot with you. They're watching the clock that they shouldn't be. And they just want to make sure that they don't look like an idiot. 
So you always want to open with something that you like about them, the work, the the idea behind it, all those beautiful and juicy things. And then the third piece of the puzzle, I would say, is to always <laughs> set a warning timer. So for me, on my hot seats, I have a 10 minutes usually. And so what I do is I set a timer for eight minutes. So the timer goes off and then we have a two minute, two continuing minute to proceed. So what that does is it, when people hear the timer, they're not panicking or they're like, it's done. Oh God. Because of course, if time is time's up on a hot seat and we're still in the middle of a sentence, I'm not going to cut you off. We will wrap. I always do Q and A at the end for that reason. But I find that just making sure you have the timer and that people know what the rules are so that you've got that warning timer going off is allows you to really also, if somebody's like rambling and isn't quite staying on track, that's going to warn them that we've got to wrap it up. So that's, those are the three tips I think for hot seat success that might just be useful to all these fine folks listening. I think so, they are. And I know I really appreciated as part of hot seat was that filling out the form ahead of time and submitting it. And I applied that actually to my own, in my own membership for launching. Excellent. Was I asked people to submit ahead of time as well. Cause definitely as an introvert, you were saying like, we don't like that. It's like, <laughs> If I go to a restaurant, it's my birthday, and you bring me a cake with candle, like, under the table, like, it feels that painful. Please don't do that. <laughs> I torture my best friend with that every year on her birthday. It's how I show my love. It's your birthday time. I'm not going out with you. <laughs> Basically, but she always does, and she knows what's going to happen. We've been, we've been friends long enough now that she can prepare. But yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and you want to be mindful of the experience on the other end, because I think that's the key with the hot seat is preparation before you come in and then and learning how to command the room, which is another part of the speaking skill, another part of the teaching skill. If your students are all over the place and if they're like uncomfortable and insecure, it can't work. Yeah. So finding ways to put fails and that it can, it doesn't like introverted, extroverted for that does not matter. But what mm-hmm. does matter is making sure that you know what you're doing. You have the game plan, everyone submit it. And so you can move mm-hmm. on down the line. I like that too, that you asked them to submit it ahead of time because there's one, there's like that they're owning then the problem, like they're owning the thing that they're looking for. So it's not like something you're doing onto them. It's something they're asking for. Yep. Identify so the problem. agency in that, I think. Yes. And I, having them identify the problem first. Okay. I know that the headline is the issue. I know that this course content is totally overwrought. What do I do? And that's how it works. And it's just a great, it's a, it, because they come in having already identified the problem when they mm. get the solution and next steps, it's like, ah, oh, dope. Okay. Away I go. Thank you. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. So who do you think would really benefit from using hot seats to launch? Like, is there a certain type of biz owner? Everybody or? and their mother. No, I think right now where I find it really works best is for creative service providers. So copywriters, designers, strategists, also coaches, life coaches, where you can get in the weeds is that people come and they're like, fix my life. You have to be really clear that it's for a very specific problem and you need to make sure that it's very, very clear what you can and can't do. And I think that's all part of, again, setting client expectations. But basically anybody who's in the space of solving problems, I think it's really important for everybody to be able to learn how to do a hot seat to showcase that skill. And there are some problems that are so large that it's difficult to get to pare it down to a hot seat, but there's almost always a piece of your client's pain point that you can solve right there on the call. Like I think for copywriters, it's great because you're looking at the copy and you're fixing the thing. For business coaches, it's bring me your offers, bring me your sales process. Let's talk about it. Like that easy to isolate, like figure out where the gaps are. As for, you know, someone like a life coach, again, you've got to really get specific. As for someone for a designer, you really have to get specific where it's like, okay, send me a page and I'll give you feedback on it, all that stuff. So it's just a matter of thinking about what are those sticky client problems that your clients come to you with all the time. And you're like, ah, oh, this, and they're like, you just solved that for me in five minutes. That took me five months to like, I've been sitting on that forever. Every creative has 
I think, those problems in the back of their head that they know they can solve really well. And that usually makes a really great hot seat topic. Perfect. And if you want to see we're doing this in action one you definitely have to follow her on instagram and watch how she makes launching fun <laughs> and check out the seat beast the workshop but then also you have the thunder collector that you're sure launching right now where you get to benefit from all the hot seating in action yes ma'am so tell us where we can find you online and the goodies we can get tell absolutely us a little more. come hang out with me guys so i'll use my radio announcer voice for this please do <laughs> So you can visit my website at hillaryweiss.com. That's www.h-i-l-l-a-r-y-w-e-i-s-s.com. <laughs> I just love doing that. Um, really and if you if you stop by, you can grab my freebie to Statement Piece Framework, which is the core uh, of one of the beautiful starting points of Statement Piece Studio, where it's all about getting your ideas out of your head and onto paper in content so you can record, write, share, whatever, podcast, whatever it is. It's a great little tool. As for where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook uh, under Hillary Weiss Presswood. That's my married name. Hillary Presswood is my married name, but we keep Weiss in there because of the brand equity, baby. And so you can also find me on Instagram at HC Weiss and on Twitter under the same handle. And if you add me on either platform, go ahead, give me an ad and then DM me and let me know your greatest takeaway from today's show. I always love making new friends. So don't be shy. I would love to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hilary, this is so much fun. I love talking to you about launching and hot seating. So much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I could do this all day. So thank you. You're the best, Sarah. It was such a privilege to be here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning into the Launch Playbook Podcast. If you want to get weekly launch secrets in your ears, I hope you'll hit subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Because who knows? It could reveal just a thing you've been looking for to make your next launch a success. And be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes telling me how this episode inspired your launch plans. Until next time, keep putting your big ideas out into the world. I'm rooting for you.